Thanks for tuning in. One of the things that makes Outcasting and its related programming possible is financial support from listeners like you. Please visit us at outcastingmedia.org and click on support to make your tax-deductible contribution. Thanks. This is Outcasting Overtime from Media for the Public Good, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Rose, an Outcasting youth participant. It's June, LGBTQ Pride Month in much of the world, when we celebrate the LGBTQ community. It's time to commemorate the anniversary of the Stonewell Uprising in 1969, which helped catalyze the modern LGBTQ rights movement in the United States. The movement has helped create a more accepting country for LGBTQ people, but the fight is far from finished. Even in the years since 2015, when same-sex couples won the equal nationwide right to marry, there have been numerous attempts to ridicule and diminish the importance of LGBTQ pride. For example, straight pride marches have been popping up here and there, apparently for the purpose of making a stupid joke about LGBTQ pride and dragging attention away from our actual pride celebrations and the LGBTQ community as a whole. We commented on straight pride in an earlier edition of Outcasting Overtime. You can hear it on our website, outcastingmedia.org. Much more importantly, a large and coordinated effort is underway to limit or even reverse some of the advancements we've made. But now that it's June and time for another Pride celebration, we thought we might talk a bit about exactly what it is that we're celebrating. It somehow doesn't feel right to celebrate actually being LGBTQ. It's just how we are. We may be left-handed or have green eyes or brown skin, but we didn't choose those any more than we chose our sexuality or gender identity, and we didn't earn our spot in the LGBTQ community. But there's certainly nothing wrong with being LGBTQ, and we should feel good about it. But where does pride come into play? And exactly what is the LGBTQ community? Let's start with the basics. The LGBTQ community is an umbrella term that describes people who don't identify themselves as heterosexual and or cisgender. And again, cisgender simply means anyone whose gender identity agrees with their physical sex assigned at birth, which is most people but certainly not everyone. So we're lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer or questioning people. That's the LGBTQ. Queer, of course, is a slur that some LGBTQ people have reclaimed and now use to describe themselves, and it can represent anyone who's not straight and cisgender. The Q in LGBTQ can also stand for questioning. Those of us who realize that we're not straight or cisgender, but haven't yet figured out what we are what label fits, if any does at all. There are people whose gender doesn't fit clearly into either male or female, or may include elements of both. They're called non-binary. There are people who have other identities, asexual, pansexual, agender, and many more. There are intersex people who are born with physical attributes of both maleness and femaleness. Sometimes, the term LGBTQ gets expanded to LGBTQIA, or even just LGBTQ+, to be more inclusive. At Outcasting, when we use the term LGBTQ, we're using it in an expansive sense to include all of these identities. Our shared experiences are part of what defines our culture, so we start out with a realization that our community is enormously diverse. That can be scary when we're young, 
in some pretty important ways, we're not like other kids who are cisgender and heterosexual, and for shorthand in this piece, we're just going to call that straight. Because the straight majority often cuts us off from appropriate educational LGBTQ resources, many closeted LGBTQ people are unable to come to terms with their sexuality or gender identity. That can result in internalized homophobia or transphobia. Some of us are afraid to acknowledge our true identities, and we lash out at ourselves. We put ourselves down for being LGBTQ. We're taught to believe that being LGBTQ is something evil or that it's fleeting and can be fixed with treatment or time. We're taught that we should be straight and cisgender and that we're making a choice not to be and that we deserve to face bad consequences for making this wrong choice. Our community has made advancements, including the decriminalization of same-sex activity and marriage equality, and we've gotten protections against discrimination in about half the states, but not the rest. And we still don't have the comprehensive federal protections that are available to other minorities, and even today, right now, there are many, many anti-LGBTQ bills enacted or pending in a lot of states, including bills to prevent trans kids from participating in school sports, bills to prevent trans kids from getting medical care related to their gender needs, a religious refusal law to permit discrimination against LGBTQ people based on religious beliefs, and more. On our main program, Outcasting, we're doing an in-depth exploration of the use of religious liberty to justify discrimination against us. You can hear it at outcastingmedia.org. As we come to terms about what these things mean in our lives, they can put us at a greatly elevated risk of bullying, depression, and suicide. And to stress an important point, we don't face those risks because of our LGBTQ identities. We face them because of oppression from members of the straight majority. These anti-LGBTQ bills seem designed to accomplish little other than inflicting misery on LGBTQ people, especially kids. In school, we learn about the culture and history of our country and our world. Everyone learns about Martin Luther King in school, but for the most part we don't learn about Harvey Milk. In most states, the straight majority makes sure that the history of our people is actually excluded from our education. So unless we seek it out on our own or join an organization like Outcasting or GSA, a Gay-Straight Alliance or Gender Sexuality Alliance in our schools, if there is one, we're often cut off from our own history. Many of us have experienced feelings of seclusion and exclusion from a young age. Some of us feel that we're different from others around us and have no one to talk to. We can feel that we're the only one, that there's no one like us, and that can lead to a sense of isolation that can grow into depression. Again, not because of our LGBTQ identity, but because we're isolated and kept hidden by a society that has powerful elements that don't want to acknowledge that we LGBTQ kids even exist. That's not the case for all of us. If we're lucky enough to grow up in a family, a school, a community that not only tolerates but accepts and supports LGBTQ youth, our experience can be much less stressful. Sometimes we have to seek out opportunities ourselves, as I've done with my school GSA and outcasting. But when we don't have to deal with people who actively oppose our existence, we can have a quite normal childhood and adolescence. But that's the exception, not the rule, especially in certain parts of the country. You'd think that collectively, once we had overcome the obstacles, come out to ourselves and other people in our lives, 
and partially or even significantly shed our internalized homophobia and transphobia, we LGBTQ people could coalesce into a big, happy community, unified in the purpose of advancing equality and totally supportive of each other. But that's not the complete picture. Some divisions within our community occur naturally because different segments face different challenges and because of differing levels of public acceptance. There have been fault lines, as we've seen in many communities, including those between people of color and white people and between women and men. And while LGB people and trans people often face similar kinds of discrimination, their interests have sometimes diverged. This happened when New York State was considering its Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act, or SONDA. There was a sense that politically, the bill would fail if protections for transgender people were included. So these protections were left out, and New York passed a law that protected lesbians and gay men, but not trans people. Naturally, trans people were infuriated at being left out of the original bill, and it wasn't until 2019 that they finally secured state protections against discrimination in a law called GENDA, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act. But other divisions in the LGBTQ community are avoidable and sort of ridiculous. Some gay people don't think that bisexuals are gay enough to be members of the community, Some trans people who have undergone medical transition think that people who haven't aren't trans enough to call themselves trans because they haven't suffered enough for it by experiencing the hardships of the medical procedures. Some people even say that there's more that divides us than unites us. But despite all of this, we LGBTQ people have persevered and in many instances thrown off the judgments of a society that often disapproves of us. We're a diverse community bursting with color and energy and creativity and dedication to creating a better world. The internal struggles of accepting ourselves, overcoming our own internalized homophobia and transphobia, and coming out allow us to empathize with other disfavored groups that have faced discrimination, and we support their struggles as well as our own. As a community, with our own history of struggle and activism, we have accomplished a lot. Earlier generations of LGBTQ activists have created a better world for us as young LGBTQ people by fighting and, over time, reversing significant injustices imposed on LGBTQ people by the straight majority. They got the media to go beyond old negative stereotypes about us and show the public more realistic representations of our lives. And through their work, they tremendously increased the level of tolerance and acceptance among the general public. They've gotten a handful of states to end the exclusion of LGBTQ history in their public schools so that all students there do learn about Harvey Milk as well as Martin Luther King so that all students realize the scope and meaning of the community and so that LGBTQ students can learn about the struggles and victories of our own people. As a result, we young LGBTQ people have more rights and support systems today than was possible not very long ago. Many of us have organizations like Gender Sexuality Alliances and other places where we can talk about LGBTQ issues in our own lives. We can often come out at earlier ages. We can live better, more authentic, and more normal lives than was possible even a generation ago. So what we're celebrating during Pride is that despite all the oppression we faced, we're part of a vibrant community that has triumphed in so many ways. And we don't have to feel bad or ashamed or guilty for being LGBTQ. 
We celebrate the earlier generations of activists who have made things better for all of us. We celebrate our diversity and all we bring into the world. And we see that this joyful community exists, even with its faults, and that we're part of it. So, happy Pride, everyone! Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime from Outcasting Media, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Outcasting Media is created by Media for the Public Good, based in New York. This piece was created by the Outcasting team, including Isha, Justin, Lil, Charlotte, Scarlett, Timothy, Sasha, and me, Rose. Our executive producer is Mark Sophus. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and related content. You can also find outcasting on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and other major podcast platforms. Thanks, and thanks for listening.